up, world? We are back at it again with another great episode of Wolfpack Unleashed. Uh, today, uh, we are here with one of my favorite people, um, you know, that helped me uh, with being a recruiter, um, as well as helped me with my development in my career field, uh, Mr. Andre Lawson. Uh, today, he's going to kind of tell you a little bit about himself. And then as we always do, we're going to get into our Unleashed questions. Uh, so, Mr. Andre Lawson, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? All righty. All righty. Definitely. Thanks a lot for having me this morning, Elijah. I definitely appreciate you bringing me on um, just to hear a little bit about my story and what I have to bring to this world of recruitment and just education in the whole. Um, um, as Elijah said, my name is Andre Lawson. I serve as the Outreach and Recruitment Coordinator for the University of Nevada Reno School of Medicine. Uh, just a little background about myself. I am born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I graduated from Mojave High School, so um, grew up on the north side of Las Vegas. After um, graduating high school, I actually enrolled at uh, Community College of Southern Nevada for uh, an entire school year. I realized that I was kind of still doing the same things that I was doing, hanging around the same people, not really maximizing my um, talents, I should say. You know, I took a little bit of, I took a really untraditional route to get to the University of Nevada, Reno. Um, like I said, I started at CSN and then one day I just woke up and realized that I wanted to change. So I went into the recruitment office for the University of Nevada, Reno, and I was connected with Helen Quan Lopez. Helen then said, hey, what are you doing? You need to get out of here. You got good grades. I can get you some scholarship money. I can help you with this and that. And I said, you know what? It, it only makes sense. So um, I then transitioned from uh, CSN up to the University of Nevada, Reno where I actually became the person that I am today. That allowed me um, just to really get away from the things that I was used to. I had to get out of my comfort zone and start trying things differently. It really forced me to grow up a lot sooner than I planned on growing up. Um, you know, for me, college wasn't the normal experience. It was, um, it was a struggle to begin with, you know, um, knowing that I didn't have the resources to pay for college, knowing that I was going to have to get a job when I got up there, knowing I was going to have to take loans and grants and things like that. But I knew that in the end, it was all going to be worth it. I knew that I was investing in myself. Um, you know, the, there is a saying like, oh, yeah, don't take out student loans because you're going to be in debt. But but we're so quick to go run and get a loan for a vehicle and put ourselves in that debt that way. So I figured, hey, I can use this education as my vehicle and I can drive my way to success by taking advantage of these resources that are here for me. So um, I went on ahead. I graduated from the university back in 2009. I majored in it was a cluster actually. So I was in interdisciplinary studies and there was a cluster of um, Spanish criminal justice and social work. So I took those three majors and combined them to kind of make it what I wanted to make it. And that's mainly because I had so many different interests while I was in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to be in some type of service. You know, I thought I was going to be a police officer. So that's why I went with the criminal justice route. I knew that um, working in law enforcement, you kind of had to have, um, you had to have a second language. And so I went on and, and brought Spanish into it. I was like, you know what? Let me learn how to communicate with people should uh, English not be their first language. I want to make sure that I'm respectful to everybody. I understand what people are going through. And then so I went with the social work as well. So that was the third component of my major. And I went to social work because um, that really, truly allowed me to understand people who came from totally different backgrounds, who had upbringings that just didn't really... Um, it wasn't the best conditions for them, you know? So it allowed me to 
really connect with these people on a different level. And when I say these people, I mean all people, people who look like me, people who look like other people, people who just, just had that rough time growing up. And so that right there, I think really um, helped me out. It really allowed me to become well-rounded um, with the way that I thought, you know, my thinking process. And so I moved to Las Vegas thinking I was gonna work with the North Las Vegas Police Department. But unfortunately, when I graduated, it was um, at a downtime. We were just now starting to go into a recession. And so the, the North Las Vegas Police Department, they put a hold on things and um, I did not get the job. So here I am in Las Vegas stuck without a job. And so I turned and I took another part of my uh, degree and I started doing social work. And I worked with really um, disadvantaged kids. I worked with kids with... Um, learning disabilities. I worked with kids that had um, some challenges, let's just say that. And uh, after doing that for about six months, then a position opened up at the University of Nevada, Reno. I applied to it and I've been here ever since. So uh, my first day was that I just actually passed my 11 year anniversary from being uh, employed with the university last Ooh, month. So been some time, man. So uh, I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to share what I know. Um, and if there's ever anyone that needs anything from me, this is what I'm here for to help educate my community. So this was just a all in all, it was just a well-rounded thing because it allowed for me, you know, I wanted to be an officer, like I said, so that I can give back to my community. But being able to educate my community is uh, giving back so much more, you know, taking people off the streets, locking them up, uh, removing them away from their families. That doesn't do anything. But for me to get out there and get in front of people and explain to them the importance of education and the power of knowledge and what it can actually do for you goes a very long way. So for me, it was just um, I had a, a different opportunity to give back to my community. And I think you hit on something, you know, so major, you know, it's the community aspect. Uh, I think a lot of people don't, you know, um, kind of take that into account, man. And I think when you want to uplift the community that you've been a part of, you know, all your life, right. um, you know, you have to be able to do something different. And, you know, just to hear your journey, you've done something different. Um, you know, again, I know a little bit more about you just with the, you know, personal relationship that we have, but just right. the um, more you had to overcome in order for you to be, you know, in a position that you're at to be able to allow people to see like, hey, we are here as well. You know, we're able to, you know, make our own our own path. But, you know, hey, I can be able to bring you along now that the path is already made. Uh, so, man, I, I definitely appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, again, man, um, this is a show where we like to we call Unleash because we just want you to be as raw as as possible. And, you know, you came out with the introduction of just being raw, man. So we appreciate that. Uh, but uh, the first question, man, that I want to ask you is from from coming from uh, Las Vegas, mm -hmm. how did you adjust, um, you know, with going to Reno? How did you adjust, um, you know, with um, being in a position, I know for myself coming from California, I, I wanted to go home, you know, again, after my first semester, uh, you know, first year, and, you know, I had other people to kind of keep pushing me to stay there. Like, mm -hmm. what made you, you know, kind of keep, keep pushing forward, you know, with that adjustment, you know, that you had to deal with? Uh, for me, it was, um, it was just grit and determination. Like I knew what I went to Reno for. I knew what the ultimate goal was. And I knew that, you know, me starting this, I had to finish it because I have four younger siblings and I wanted to be that example for them. I didn't want to go and start some and then just be like, no, nope, you know, this isn't it. It's too hard for me. I'm going to run away from it. 
me leaving Reno would have meant would have meant that I was coming back to Las Vegas and coming back to Las Vegas, I would have been coming back to nothing. You know, my family wasn't here at that time. My mother and brothers and them had relocated to Oklahoma. And so I had I had family members still in Las Vegas, but it was aunts and uncles. And so I would have had to depend on them to take care of. I, I don't want to say take care of me, but I would have had to depend on them for help. And I knew that um, me coming back would not have been a good thing for my future. And so the adjustment, like I said, it was different coming from a, a predominantly African-American community and then moving up to Reno was a big shock for me. You know, I could go all day. I, I would go in the classroom and see nobody that looked like me. You know, I'd walk around campus and maybe see a couple people that look like me. And so for me, it was just really, it was, it was, it was shocking, you know, like I've, I've never been a minority at any place that I've been in. I've always been the majority. So being a minority at um, an institution of, you know, 15,000 students at the time or whatever the case may be, it was just a, a real adjustment. And I honestly could say that I thought that I was going to be walking into hot water. I thought that I was going to get treated different. I thought that people were going to judge me by because of the way that I looked and this and that. But I didn't experience any of those things. It was actually the polar opposite. There was actually a lot of support from people who didn't look like me. There were actually people pushing me to become better. There were actually people who uh, were checking in on me. There was an instance where I lost, I lost an aunt and my grandfather all within about a month. And these were people that were really close and near to dear to my heart. And um, that was just, uh, it took a lot out of me. And so for me, I, my grades and everything just kind of spiraled down. I moved back down to Vegas for a while to be with, I shouldn't say I moved. I came back down to Vegas for a while just to be with my family members, you know, for the services and uh, say my last goodbyes. And when I came home, it just felt like home is where I needed to be at that time. So I planned on not going back to the university. I was going to take a semester off and just not do any of those things. And there was this, there was a professor, Emmanuel Barth, and um, um, she's now retired, but Lori Beck, she came from the Division of Health Sciences. Um, they actually picked the phone up and called me and asked me what was going on because it wasn't like me to miss classes and miss assignments and things like that. Uh, I was always there. I was always very vocal. I mean, I stood out because there wasn't too many of me in a class anyway. So <laughs> I always stood out when I had something to say. But they picked the phone up and they let me know the importance of me continuing my education and finishing my education. They let me know that by me doing this right here, I'm doing a better service to my younger siblings and things like that by by overcoming adversity and that's where i say the grit came from because you know there 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 were plenty of opportunities for me to run away from this and just give up on it but because they uh, because of the belief in myself but more importantly because of the belief that my family had in me and my instructors and just like just people of the community i knew that 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 Nevada was the right place for me to continue my education because these people not only cared about me completing my education, but they also cared about me personally. Mm -hmm. They were truly invested in my life and what it was going to take for me to receive a degree. And that's just because, 
you know, speaking with them during their office hours and just them getting to know me and know who I am and where I came from. You know, the good thing about college is that you write a lot of papers. So when you write papers, you have the opportunity to tell people your story Mm -hmm. and then people are able to decide how they want to connect with you at that point. And just being the vocal person and letting people know, like, hey, I came from a struggle. You know, I came from, I mean, there was an opportunity there, not an opportunity because it wasn't an opportunity. It was a tragedy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I spent a little bit of time in, um, in um, uh, with Child Protective Services, you know, mm-hmm. my mother and her her guy at the time got into some things. They ended up coming to the house. They took the kids away for a while. And that right there was just like, oh, man, I never, ever, ever would have expected to be in that situation right there, you know, and just thinking of that and how how valuable life is and how valuable family is, you know, that kept us even closer and it just made us bond. And so I had that same type of connection with some of the people at the University of Nevada, you know, when I was there. I think, honestly, man, you your story itself man just shows you know again your grit but most importantly the humility that comes from you uh i think when people talk to you you can be able to see you know your heart um you know and i think that's the one thing that always stands out for me you know with uh being able to get to know you and um you know going back to kind of what you said you know you said you had to be able to complete your degree based upon um you know your siblings that were behind you and i think i can kind of you know say that in continuance um with the job that you were able to get put in place of being a recruiter with you continuing that on, you allowed others to come through the door right behind you, whether that is Shantarius, um, and Shantarius Webb or myself, um, Devin, um, or even Crystal, um, were all able to come through that door based upon you opening that door. So we appreciate, you know, everything that you, you know, you've do because we're looking at you, you know, as somebody that has helped us, you know, be able to navigate through the, the, the gaps and being able to go like, hey, don't turn here, don't turn here, just be able to go forward. So we appreciate that. Um, you know, my second question to you is, um, my, my second question to you is, um, you know, through everything that, you know, you've been through, what is one experience that you can say um, while you're at the university that um, you can recall that has helped you that you'll, you know, kind of never forget, uh, maybe something that it has pushed you, you know, in the right direction, maybe something that you had to overcome. Um, but just a moment that you had, I mean, besides the, you know, the story that you, you know, given us of, you know, moving back and, you know, talking with your professors, is there a moment that you've experienced where you were at the university that, you know, kind of has put you on the trajectory that you are on now? Um, you know, I can't say that there is any one defining moment. And um, sorry about that. Let me put this on. Do not disturb. I can't say that there's any one defining moment because, like I said, I didn't know what my pathway would be after I graduated. I always thought that I would work in law enforcement. Um, And so the defining moment, I would have to say, would just be... um, walking across that stage and receiving my degree you know when I received my degree I realized that a lot of doors had opened up for me I knew that by having this piece of paper right here people would look at me in a different light like yes this is an African-American male this is he's this he's that 
but he could start something and he can finish something. He went to a university, he received his degree. That shows right there that I'm able to contribute to whatever it is that they may have. They can count on me, I'm reliable. Like, hey, this is what it is. So um, receiving that degree really, um, I wanna say it was like um, almost a, a, like a cape. It felt like a superpower. Like I knew that having a degree would open up a lot of doors for me. So that definitely has to be the defining moment because it was a long road. I mean, I went to the university and I took I took quite some time. I was on a six year uh, path, you know? I didn't go in there and just graduate in four years. Or, I, it took me some time to figure it out. You know, I was doing everything on my own. I, when I say I had no support, I literally had no support. I, I, um, I worked two jobs while I was in college. I paid for everything from my living expenses to my uh, education. I did not have any help. And so it took me a little longer because I couldn't take as many classes as I wanted to take. I couldn't stay up and study at night because I was working, you know, a job here and a job there. You know, at, at one point, I was, like I said, I was holding two jobs. I was working at um I was working at John Esquaga's Nugget, and I was also working at Walmart Distribution Center. So here I am on every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm working uh, 18 hours each day. You know, I'm doing six hours over at uh, the the John Esquaga's Nugget, and then I'm going to do 12-hour shifts over at Walmart Distribution Center, literally driving back to my other job, sleeping in the parking lot, waking up and going back to work and doing it all over. And so it just didn't leave enough time for me to focus on my studies as much as I would have liked to. But I knew that the university wasn't going anywhere. As long as I was taking classes and working toward that degree to get to the 120 credits that I needed, I was totally fine with that. I was in no rush to get it done. But when I did get done, I was just like, yeah, man, give me my cake. And so that's how I looked at it, you know. And um, so the defining moment, like I said, you know, I could speak about those experiences that I had with the professors and things like that. But um they're part of that right there as well. You know, them them picking up the phone and letting me know how important I was to the university, that that all just, not just to the university, but how important my life was to them. You know, like they truly cared about who I was and I'm forever indebted to them because I think that without that phone call, um, I don't know if I would have ever made it back up there, you know, but these are somebody who took notice and they said, you know what, this is what we need to do. This is, this is what's going on. And to have two professors call me out of, you know, 15,000 students at the university was just mind boggling to me. And I had never had up to that point, I can honestly say that I never really truly had a connection with someone who didn't look like me. And that right there was the defining moment where I was like, okay, here it is. This is what it's about right here. And these people to this day, I still have conversations with them and I still have relationships with them and I appreciate them. And I always let them know that because like you said, with me being in this position right here, I've been able to open doors for other people. I've been able to bring like, you know, vouch and and not, I shouldn't even say bring you on because you did it on your own. I let you know that there was a job available. You applied to the job and you were able to get the job on your own. But 
by me being in this position and letting you know that there was an, uh, an, uh, an available spot, it allowed for us to put more people in these roles that look like us so that we can get out and spread the word to the masses. You know, it's like, see it to be it. We can go talk to these students and let them know these things, but them understanding that we've actually went through this ex the same journey as them makes it more credible. I can go, you know, I, I remember just, you know, I mean, both of us growing up, we've probably had uncles and friends and relatives who would always tell us what we should be doing and they're not doing any of those things right there. So it's kind of hard that you take it with a grain of salt, like you hear them, but you don't necessarily uh, absorb it. You're yeah. like, yeah, all right, what have you been drinking today, buddy? <laughs> what's in your Kool-Aid or what's in your lemonade? Or what kind of tea is that, you know? And so, um, so I just thought that, you know, when I, like I said, you know, getting that degree was the most defining moment of my college career because I was just, I didn't know if I was going to make it across that stage or not. I knew I was, I just didn't know when. And I buckled down. They were like, hey, you can graduate this semester if you take 18 credits. And 18 credits is a lot of work. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I actually left one of my jobs, only had the one job because I knew I had that one semester left. Buckled down, finished up, and I graduated. And I literally left Reno the very next day because I thought I had to get down to Las Vegas to get prepared for the police academy. And uh, so, Andre, I think that was huge because I think uh, for a lot of us, and honestly, I have to say, for my last guest, from Mario, um, you know, he definitely has said the same thing. You know, um, his ceiling now open for his siblings, you know, to be able to see, like, hey, you know, one of us graduated, you know, again, you, you're the first generation student uh, and you just took the ceiling off of your whole family for now to, to believe in you like, oh, my gosh, like I could do this now because they seen you do it and they see what you had to overcome. And still, you know, you push forward, whether that's family, you know, issues or um, or just things that are going on, you know, during the time while you're at the university, but you still overcame and you're still able to get your degree. Uh, so I think that is for me, that would be one of my defining moments, too, um, you know, as well, I think or. I would say one of the the major defining moments that would be one of the biggest ones. Uh, just seeing my family walk across and my grandparents, you know, seeing me walk across. I think that's something that I, I can never go back and be able to change because that's something that, you know, was always going to be in my mind that they were in the crowd, you know, to be able to see that. Right. Um, so last question, man, this is kind of just more of a, um, you know, I would say an older brother conversation, you know, that I kind of want to ask you. Um, and I think, you know, people on this call actually would want to know um, what is your motivation with, uh, I would say, mentoring people that are coming in behind you? Um, you know, people that you're seeing that are, you know, um, striving in regards to wanting to get in the same field as you or maybe take the, you know, kind of the same steps as you did. Um, what is your kind of motivation to continue to help individuals rather than you know being in a situation and say hey i got mine and you know again i'm not willing to help uh and the reason why i think this is a great question is because um this is gonna allow you know students to see that you know you can be able to pass your information down when you are a senior you know to help those freshmen or um you know when you're in graduate school to be able to help with incoming freshmen so that's the reason why i was trying to you know wanted to ask you that because you do a great job of that uh just you know with the mentoring that you do with you know crystal uh, with myself, with Devin, um, you know, you do a great job of it. So just what 
is your, you know, your motivation behind, you know, keep giving back, you know, when you necessarily don't have to anymore? Um, well, yeah, seeing that's, that's, um, that is a, a great question. Let's just say it like that. But um, my motivation is that if I, I look at it like this, when I feel that there's nothing left for me to give, that means that I don't need to be in this position anymore. For me, I am in this position to continue bringing people along, bringing them up, making sure that they understand the importance of their role. You know, there, I mean, we could all probably be doing something else right now, making a lot of money and things like that. But what does it truly mean? You know, are you, are you doing a job because you're good at it? Or are you doing a job because you love it? I love doing what I'm doing. You know, I could go be good at a lot of jobs, but I don't necessarily know if I'll love them. And so me loving doing what I'm doing is just a natural reflection of me to let it rub off on everybody else. If I learn something, I love sharing it. Knowledge is power, right? You know, um, I started, um, when I started at the university, I've worked my way up. It's been 11 years, you know, but I knew that at each level of, um, at each, every time that I moved on up, I knew that I was going to learn something different. I was going to meet new people that I would, and then that would allow me to introduce you know, you guys and other people to different resources. And so I started off as an LOB. I did that for two years. After I was an LOB, I then served as a, a admissions and recruitment coordinator for a couple years after that. After I finished that, then I moved on over to the transfer side of things. And then after I finished that, I then started working with the medical school. So when I say it like this, I started off as an LOB, which is basically a volunteer position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but that allowed me to really figure out that this was the job for me. I got out there and I just was able to see the excitement in the people's faces when we were talking about education and things like that. So if I'm getting excited and I'm seeing how excited they're getting, it only makes sense for me to bring somebody else in who feels the same way about giving back as I do. So them being able to get in front of these people. So now it's myself in one area, it's this person in another area, it's this person in that area. The most important thing is that we educate the state of Nevada. If we educate people, they're more informed about what is going on, what reality is, what reality isn't, what they're, um, what they can become in life. And so, you know, I just kind of want to just touch on something really quick. Um, like, uh, when I was offered the job in a medical school, I shouldn't even say when I was offered the job, but when they asked me why I wanted the job, I told them that it was, um, it was, I wanted the job because I felt that it was a responsibility of mine. If we're looking for more black physicians, if we're looking for, and, and there is a shortage, and I'm just going to kind of give you some quick numbers really quick of why this job right here is so important and why I want to help bring along more black male physicians. Uh, black and African-American men, they make up just 6% of the U.S. population, right? but we only represent 2.3% of active physicians. And so there was 542 black men who matriculated into medical school in 1978, okay? So we're looking at 1978, there were 542 black men who matriculated to medical school. In, 20, in 2014, 2014, we only had 515. So we actually declined. So from 78 to 2014, we lost African-American males going into the physician. 
among the class of 2019's Black, med uh, black medical graduates, um, considerably less than half, just 38.7% were actual, were, were men. And so despite the increase in um, the number of Black men graduating from college, medical school applicants from the same group continue to climb decline. So I'm put in this position right now to really truly get in front of African American males and let them know the importance of them becoming physicians, because that only creates a healthier community. You know, we're able to go back to the communities and, uh, and serve the people who look like us. We're able to, um, it, it, it just Overall, it leads to better health care for our community. We don't have to worry about people not going to doctors because they know that the physician doesn't really understand them or understand their pain or anything like that. And so by having people who look like you, it just allows for a better patient and doctor um, interaction. And so, yeah, so kind of going back, you know, like this is why I do this. At every opportunity, I'm able to give back and educate. I, there's nothing... It's not, it's not, I don't have this long story of this or I do this because, um, because I know it's the right thing to do. I know I do this because I love it. It doesn't have anything to do with right or wrong. I do this because I understand the importance of not just African-American people or minority people, but I understand the importance of all people receiving degrees put yourself on an even playing field. And so for me, it's just, it's important to bring people along. You know, I had a mentor who brought me along, um, Everett Jackson, and this, we just happened to become, it was by chance, you know, when I, uh, this job just kind of happened. Hey, we got a job, you want to apply for it? I went out to dinner and met up with some people. Uh, and my small mind thinking there was a, um, there was Everett, there was a couple other people, there was a Caucasian person there. And I knew that I was going to be meeting the boss. And I automatically assumed that the Caucasian person was the boss. And I ignored Everett the entire night, <laughs> this African-American male, who who seen my interaction, who seen how I got along with people was like, hey, you know what? Even though he ignored me, I'm still going to give him a chance. And so that's all it's about right there, man. You see the good in people and you want them you, you just see it. You see the good in people and you're like, hey, I think that that person would be a really good representative of what we're trying to do as far as educating the state, getting people excited about going to college and things. And so I don't ever foresee, like I said, when I feel that I have, I don't have anything else left to give, that means that I don't need to be in this position anymore. That means that I need to turn this over to somebody who had the same desire as I did, you know, to get out there to the masses and explain to people, hey, everybody knows college exists, but not everybody knows they can go to college. Mm -hmm. And so when you get in front of people and explain to them, no, this is a real possibility, you know, they'll understand. I, I, I am not shy about my background or how I got to college or anything like that. When I, uh, after my freshman year of high school, I think I had like a, a, a 1.2. <laughs> And that was just because I didn't have any real structure in my house. So I only thing I cared about was going to school so I could play basketball at PE and after school <laughs> or doing something like that. But then I got cut from the basketball team. And I said, why did I get cut if I'm better than, you know, most of the people on the team? They said, man, because your grades suck. I said, oh, you need those? Like, you really need those <laughs> things right there? And so that's kind of when things started turning around. And so uh, I say this to say that is like, uh, if 
if uh, or I say that to say this, had I had people in my school earlier on explaining to me what I needed to be, what needed to be done. I'm not bashing my school, Mojave or anything like that, but I just don't think we had all the resources we needed at the time. You know, we didn't really see college recruiters coming into our school telling us that, hey, you can go to school. We seen a lot of army and, you know, we seen the Navy and we seen the Marine. We seen all of those types of things, the armed forces, we seen those people but we did not see actual college reps coming in there so i am i know what the importance of it is with uh for us to get into some of these schools where they don't have access to the to the bigger institutions you know and so had somebody had we had real college fairs not career fairs but had we had real actual college fairs and not fairs where you hey go do this trade or go sign up and go be a part of this uh program right here but hey how about you come to our college let's figure out what you're interested in and let's help you receive a degree i think things would have been a little bit different i mean i still was able to make it i got my grades up graduated did that so that's why i bring people along and i try to encourage people to get out there because i know that there's there's a need there's a need for students to see us and for students to talk to us early on. So I appreciate everything that you guys are all doing, like, you know, getting out to the schools, you know, doing this podcast right here, your Nevada Scholars of Tomorrow program where you're helping just um, elevate the profile of the young African-American students at the university. And, you know, once you get them to the university, the continued resources that you guys uh, put into them and just all of those things right there and it's, I, I appreciate that so for me it's um it's um it's rewarding to know that i don't like taking credit for it but it's rewarding to know that i was able to put you guys in positions i should say i i was able to introduce you guys to this field right here so that you're able to go out and provide the knowledge and the resources that the students need so that they can become successful and you never know you know you might find someone who who loves what you do and that's the person that you're going to bring along you know um there are students that i've been in contact i've been here for like i said 11 years and there are students that i helped out my first year here that I still have communications with. I've been to weddings. I've been to quinceaneras. I've been to birthday parties. I've been to all of these things because of the relationships that I built with these students and their families. And it's just, it all comes from a genuine place. I'll tell a student if I don't, if I don't think a student has what it, what it takes to be successful at the university, I won't set them up for failure. No, but I'll give them a, an alternate path to get to the university. Hey, this is what we need to do right now to get you there. And so um, that's my that's my drive and my desire is that I'm able to just be in this position to continue to help. And, you know, I don't have any issues with, it's not a competition to me. You know, I'm not trying to keep the other person down because I want me to look good. Like, it doesn't matter. It's nothing. It has nothing to do with me at all. It has everything to do with the betterment of our state. And so by us just getting out there in the masses and getting in front of people, that's good. This means that, you know, if I if if I was able to help get you to this position in any kind of way, it means that I trust you to get out there in front of these students and speak the truth. You know, when you were at the university as a student, 
and I was working for the university, I had interactions with you and I seen it in you like, hey, this guy has what it takes to be a recruiter right here. If ever a position comes available, I'm gonna actually refer you to apply to the position and I just hope that you don't let us down. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it worked out. Look at you now. You've been with the university now, what, six, seven years? Five, I think five, six. Five, 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 six. Six. Yeah, five, six. Five, six. <laughs> you continue to do things. Each year you're coming up with something different. And so you just keep up that good work right there, man. And uh, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing because I'm the old guy in the office now. So I, um, I, uh, I have to learn some things from you all, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to work Twitter so that I can start advertising things on there. And I can't figure that out. I don't, I just, I just, I, I need you all for those. I need you real millennials. Like I'm on the cusp. I need the real millennials to help me out with these things. And so, man, yeah, I, um, like I said, I appreciate all of you for what you bring. And um, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to, meet you all and, and, and have you all here. I'm, I'm glad I got you as colleagues, you know, started off as friends and now we're colleagues and it doesn't get any better. So. Understandable, man. I, honestly, that's the one thing that I will say about you, man. You will you will edify everybody else, man, and you won't give yourself credit enough. Uh, and, you know, I say that, you know, to you all the time, man, you do, you started so many different things in our Las Vegas office, you know, and the great team, you know, that Everett has put, you know, put together. Um, you've there's a lot of credit that could be go to you, you know, but you're not looking for it. And, and honestly, that that's the difference in, in regards to who you are and a lot of other people are, a lot of people are seeking that attention, seeking that validation, but you already know the validation has already happened for you. So you're already okay with that. You're comfortable with who you are. And I think that is one thing that I've learned from you that I'm comfortable who I am now, you know, there might um, be times where I make mistakes, but I am comfortable with who I am. I've already been accepted, you know, in the darkness, in the light, I will be okay, no matter what, even if I make a mistake, I'm okay with that, because I can learn from my mistake and, and, and get better from that each time. Um, but that's all learning from people that have been a, ahead of me in this position, you know, whether that is, um, you know, Helen Quan Lopez, you know, yourself, um, you know, just all the people that have came before me, you know, learning from them and taking small, small things, even Carolina, you know, in our office, learning from those individuals and, and just getting better. Um, so the one thing that I will say, man, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I think this episode went a little longer, but there's so many gems that you've dropped in this podcast, man, that I think, a lot of students can be able to take from it. A lot of parents can take from it. Um, and there was, cause you hit it on so many different levels. I think you hit it on the basic level for students to be able to understand. And you hit it from the parent standpoint where parents can be able to understand that my student is just not going to be a number. My student's going to be part of a family. My student right. is, is going to have different avenues. Even if they aren't doing well, they're going to put resources in place for them to succeed. And I think that is so huge, you know, uh, from this podcast, man. And, uh, the one thing that I will say is I know for sure when we get around November or that October, November time where you guys have the application open for medical school, uh, we will bring you on again just to be able to put that out there uh, to be able to you know promote that for more students to apply uh, for that as well. But um, I just want to say thank you for uh, being a part of this podcast. Um, to everybody else on this, uh, just thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another episode. Thank you for subscribing. Um, if you haven't subscribed and you're just listening, you know, because of a friend, please subscribe to uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, as well as Spotify. And we're on all three of those and leave a comment. Uh, but most importantly, you guys have a great week. 
Um, and as I always leave you with, if you're not doing it, make sure you have a smile on your face.